Praise the Lord, church. My name is Leilani. I'm nine years old, and I want to thank Pastor and Brother and Sister Wallace for allowing me this moment to speak to all of you about the Tabernacle of Moses. I am honored for this opportunity. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, God spoke to Moses. He said, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I might dwell among them. This sanctuary was also known as a tabernacle. God gave Moses specific instructions for how to build his tabernacle. Exodus 27, verses 9 through 19, give the specifics for the outer court or boundary. In summary, the outer court was to be a rectangle 150 feet long and 75 feet wide. There was white linen fabric hung seven and a half feet high along the perimeter of the tabernacle. This enclosed God's sanctuary. There was only one entrance, a 30-foot opening or gate on the east side. This gate was made from woven linen of white, blue, purple, and red. It looked different to mark the one way a sinner could enter God's house. Once through the gate, you were standing on holy ground. You didn't come to the tabernacle casually. It wasn't just some hangout or meeting place. It was God's house, the place you went to make a sacrifice and cover your sin with blood. Although the entrance gate provided access to the tabernacle, you were never forced to enter. You had to make a personal decision to enter. You had to be prepared to make your sacrifice. You had to plan ahead. You showed up with intent. You went expecting a result. Today we don't offer sacrifices to cover our sin with blood. Jesus did that for us. But we still have a tabernacle. We still have a place to enter that is holy ground. We still decide to enter the gate. We still show up prepared. We show up with intent. We expect a result. Psalms chapter 100 verse 4 tells us to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Our tabernacle is New Life Fellowship. Our outer court is the campus perimeter. Our entrance gate is wherever you choose to enter the property. God calls us to enter with thanksgiving and praise. So today, I challenge all of you to prepare yourselves to show up with intent. Listen to your praise music in the car. Sing at the top of your lungs. Leave your worries, problems, and cares on Wabash or Chamberlain. (laughs) Praise God because he is good and treat God's tabernacle with the honor it deserves. Come onto the property, into his courts, with thanksgiving and praise. Come expecting an encounter with God. Come to our holy ground. No one's going to make you come. It's your choice. You have to be intentional about it. Amen. That is so good. Thank you, Leilani. Wonderful. Amen. Ben Coachvar is going to come at this time. And he is going to speak to us about the brazen altar. 
Praise the Lord, church. Before I start, I want to give a special thanks to a few people. Pastor, thank you for letting me and us children to have the opportunity to use this church and this platform to do miraculous things in this body of the church. And Sister Kayla, where are you? Where are you? Um, Thank you so much for giving us children the opportunity to do this and setting up this for us. Thank you so much. And thank you, the Wallaces, for getting us a chance to do this. Children of Promise Service, it's a big help what you're doing for us. Thank you. The Brazen Altar. If you were to enter the courtyard of the tabernacle, the first thing you would see would be the very large brazen altar. It is the biggest piece of furniture in the movable tabernacle. It is also called the altar of burnt offering. The fire in in the smoke of the daily sacrifices reminded people that God is still a holy God. The altar also showed the need of sacrifice in the the shedding of blood to enter God's presence. The smell of roasted animal flesh or grain and the smoke rising to heaven, along with very farmly animal smells, made this area the place in the courtyard where heaven and earth touched. It is a place where getting things right with God for everybody began. This altar was seven and a half feet long and four and a half feet tall. I'm only four feet and ten inches, so I'm only four five inches taller than that. <clears throat> this, was, this structure was carried by massive poles that the priests would carry around. Upon all four corners of the altar, there were horns. These horns symbolized God's power over life and death, and the points were where the, sac- the blood of the sacrifices were sprinkled. To help keep larger animals off from falling off of the altar, they were strapped down by cords that were connected by the horns. There weren't just one type of there weren't just one type of offerings that were offered. Those offerings were like cattle, sheep, goats, and doves, and grain offerings too. All of these offerings have different meanings. The first offering was a sin or guilt offering. These offerings focused on paying for sin, and and it required blood because of the wages of sin is death. The blood of of the innocent animal life became a substitute over the the guilty and sin life of human. The life of the body is in the blood, so a life for a life was required. Just like when God killed animals for the covering of Adam and Eve's skin because of their sin. Next was the burnt offering. This sacrifice represented complete dedication and surrender to God. This animal had to be the best from the flock to be sacrificed. After the blood was sprinkled on the horns of the altar, the animal would be completely consumed by the fire. There was no flesh remaining. Third was the grain or meal offering. The people brought fine flour, cakes, roasted grain to the priest. This sacrifice was given to God in thankfulness and goodness and was a type of praise. 
finally, there was a fellowship or peace offering. This offering symbolized God's power in fellowship and peace with God. After some meat was set aside for God and some meat given to the priests, the worshipers would bring their guests and have a mighty great meal with God. Let's get to today. There came a time when God no longer was satisfied with the blood of the animals and people stopped bringing God, God their best to God. He became silent from his people for 400 years. This time was between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Then Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, stepped into the scene. He became flesh to live among us. This man was born to die. John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God who would wipe away all the sins from the world. Paul said that Jesus, who was fully man and fully God, was made sin or was made a sin offering. That the sinful and the guilty could be covered in his blood once and for all, for all time, for everybody. Jesus forever satisfied the requirement of the sin offering because the innocent life gave the life for the guilty, all of us. When we repent, his blood is applied. Let's thank the Lord for his blood. But there still is offering to be made. What about the offering of surrender? What about the offering of dedication? What about the sacrifice of giving and praise and thankfulness? This is our part. Jesus did his part. What about the offering of peace and fellowship with God? We can't just be too busy look, looking for a sin or guilt offering. Sometimes we need to just be thankful and dedicate and be full of praise. Who wants that peace and fellowship with the Lord right now? Before I close, can we bow our heads? Lord, help us to repent if we have not been giving good offerings to you, God. Thank you for covering our sins, and thank you for this church and whatever you have done for this church. It's been great, and thank you for the opportunity to know you better and to have fellowship and peace with you, God. And I ask the Lord, everybody, for you right now to learn to give the best of your life to him. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Amen. Amen. Why don't you offer a sacrifice of praise to the Lord right now? You're a good God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for making a way for us when there was no way. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Kochvar. What a great word. Amen. The brazen laver and the showbread. Sister Skylar Vinzant is going to come and she's going to speak to us. Amen. Preach the word. This is a mic. There you go. Hello, everyone. My name is Skylar Vinzant. 
This is my third year preaching, and this year I will be preaching about the tabernacle, but specifically the brazen laver and the showbread table. I know it's not the most exciting part of the tabernacle, but it's the area between sacrifice and God's presence. I mean, you can't get to God without sanctification through the brazen laver and eating God's words as the showbread. Remember, it's not just a tent. First, First, I would like to thank all the people who allowed me this opportunity to speak to everyone tonight. I'd like to thank Pastor Harple and Sister Tammy for allowing me the time to preach. I'd like to thank the Sound and Media Department. I want to thank Brother and Sister Wallace for encouraging me to speak tonight. But last but not least, I want to thank my parents. My mom and dad have always encouraged us and pushed us to be our best. Thank you for anyone else. Thank you for anyone else who has ever watched me or taught me or encouraged me because those moments are what drove me here to want to speak and be a good Christian. Before I begin, I would like to say a little but powerful prayer. Lord, I pray that everyone can receive this message. I hope everyone understands the message of this sermon. I pray everyone who leaves this church allows the word to stay in their mind and change their lives for the better by drawing them closer to the Lord. I want the church to ignore that I am 10 and focus on the content which comes from you, Lord. I want to move somebody tonight. I want to encourage someone to get baptized. I want some to, to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't already know, I am a very inquisitive person. I always have questions wanting to know why, what, where, and how. Since the church is adding on a tabernacle, it made me want to know more about the original church building, the tabernacle. I read more about what, why it was built, what it was used for, and where and how it was made. I learned about how God instructed Moses to build the tabernacle and transport it. Moses was to transport it everywhere him and the Israelites went. You see that, that the tabernacle was not just a tent, and this church is not just a building. Now turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 30, verse 18 through 20. God said to Moses, Make a bronze wash basin with a bronze stand. Place it between the tabernacle and the altar and fill it with water. Aaron and his sons are to wash their hands and feet with water from it. Whenever they enter the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water so that they will not die. Also, when they approach the altar to minister by presenting a burn offering to the Lord. They would come here and wash their hands and feet in, the, in this brazen labor. This, was, this wash basin was designed not only to wash away the dirt on their hands, but to wash away their sins. It didn't matter how clean they looked on the outside, the cleaning was really happening on the inside, much like when we repent and are baptized. You see, the entire tabernacle represents the coming of Jesus and the steps we would need to go to heaven. After the brazen labor would be the table of showbread. The table of showbread is the table where the people would place their cakes and loaves of bread as an offering to God. This table was covered in gold and had a crown on it, so you knew it was important. Leviticus chapter, or chapter 24, verse 5 through 9 says, And thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes, thereof two tons steel shall be in one cake, and thou shalt set them in two rolls. 
six on a row upon the pure table before the Lord. And thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row, that it may be upon the bread of memorial, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Every Sabbath, everlasting or every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be Aaron and his sons, and they shall eat in the holy place, for it is most holy unto him of the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statue. This table was to be a constant reminder of God's everlasting covenant with his people and the twelve tribes of Israel. This is why the table always has bread on it, and there was a foreshadowing of how Jesus would become the bread of life. When Jesus was preparing to be crucified, he broke the bread and said, This is my body. People might walk by these things and not think it has a use or purpose or does anything important. However, everything that is built by God has a purpose and is meant for something big. The tabernacle was not just a tent, but a holy place. The church is not a building, but a place of worship. The brazen laver was not just a sink, but was foreshadowing of being baptized. The table of showbread was not just some biscuits on a table, but the bread of life. The children speaking tonight are not just children, but are your future prayer warriors, ministers, teachers, pastors, and singers. At some point, you have to say, it's not just. I would like to end my sermon with a prayer. I pray everyone that was here tonight received the message, and I pray everyone is encouraged to spread the word to anyone that is lost. I pray everyone that didn't speak tonight will get over their fear of public speaking and learn to be proud of their God. I pray everyone will spread the word of God, whether it's from the, a pulpit or one-on-one -on -one with your friends. I pray that all the messages delivered tonight are received, and I pray that people know it's not just a building, or it's not just a sink, or it's not just a pen, because it has a purpose. And I'm not just a kid, and I believe everyone in this church has a purpose. Amen. That's incredible. So wonderful. Amen. That we need to be baptized. It's a great word. It's so good. I'm so proud of you. Amen. Sophia Harris is coming. She's going to talk to us about the golden candlestick. You ready? Before I start, I would like to thank Pastor for allowing me to speak tonight. I will be talking about the golden candlestick and what it means for us today. The Bible teaches us that the golden candlestick was in the holy place inside the tabernacle. It was, a, it was used to provide light for the high priest. The candlestick also represents the presence of God. Some, some of you may feel that you are in a very dark place in your life. Well, I have news for you. God is... God is light, and he is here right now to help you. 
First John one fifteen says that God is light and and there is no darkness in him. Sometimes when my dad wakes me up for school, he turns on the lights in my room. Most of the time, it's hard for me to open my eyes because the lights are so bright. However, once my eyes adjust to the light, I can see clearly. If you're here today and you are new to our church or you're a new Christian, please don't stay in the darkness. Keep walking towards the light. Once you adjust to the light of God, you will feel his presence and clearly see everything that he has for your life. The presence of the Lord is very powerful, and once you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you will have burning light inside of you. If you have been in church for a while, sometimes it may feel like that light isn't burning. However, tonight is a night to rekindle your fire. It is the time to shine your light for God. Don't, don't be afraid. God is here and he will help you. Now I'm going to ask that they turn off the lights for a few moments. Darkness in the sanctuary represents the darkness in the world we live in today. While you may not feel that your light is very bright, it is a light that is actually brighter than you think. Everything, can everyone see my light? My light is the only light you could, my light may be the only light that you could see. Sometimes you may feel depressed in that your light isn't very strong at all. You may feel lonely and that your your light is and you're doing this all by yourself. You need to know that your light is brighter than it seems. The awesome thing about having a church family is that we all have light. And the power when we join together, what we do to think could happen if we all shared our lights. At this time, if you have a flashlight or a phone in your hand, please turn it on. Now see, when we all join together and let our lights shine, we can light up this whole room. It is time to share our light with our city. It is time, it is our job to reach the city with the power of Jesus. So don't be afraid of the dark. You have power, you have a powerful burning light inside of you. Even our new sanctuary will not be able to hold all the souls that God has to reach for us. If it reaches, if it, if each one of us shares our light with one person at a time, 
We will have a revival like never before. It is time to let his light shine. Oh, my word. Mm. That was so good. So incredible. Thank you, Sister Harris. Brother Grassic is very anxious to get up here. Brother Ryan Grassic is going to speak to us about the golden altar of incense. You ready to preach? All right. You can put your stuff down. That way you'll have your hands free to take the microphone. Amen. Here we go. My name is Ryan Grassick, and I'll be talking about the golden altar of incense. It was in the tabernacle in front of the veil. Exodus forty twenty six, And he put the golden altar in the tent of the congregation before the veil. Each day, Moses would burn incense on the altar as God commanded. The altar of incense was covered with Gold and had horns that the high priest would smear blood on. This was very important because God commanded it and it was a sacrifice. No one was allowed to do these things except for Moses and the high priest because God didn't command others to do it. He commanded the high priest. If all of Israel did it, it wouldn't mean the same thing because they weren't high priests and God didn't give them the same access as the high priest in the Old Testament. Testament, But in the New Testament, we all have the right to sacrifice and come before God. What does the altar of incense represent? Psalm 141.2 says, Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. It represents our prayers to God and he answers them, and the lifting of our hands represents the sacrifice. And since the high priest offered up the incense and the sacrifice daily, so should we every day. Yeah. Revelation 8, 3 through 4. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angels' hands. We give our life to God and repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the Holy Ghost. It helps us learn what they did then and to be confident that God will answer us now. Thank you. Well, you're hearing the word of God preached tonight. Amen. You may, be dis- you may be distracted by the container that it's in, and you may be thinking that maybe it doesn't mean as much, but I'm telling you what. Amen. You're being preached to tonight. Amen. You need to bring your sacrifice into the temple. 
And you need to shine a light and spread the word. And you need to be baptized if you haven't been. Amen. You're hearing the word preached tonight. This is so good. Sister Zaria Carey is coming. She's going to uh, speak to us about the Holy of Holies. Amen. Take your time. Speak clear. Hello, my name is Raya Carey, and first I would like to give honor to Pastor and Sister Tammy for allowing us to speak tonight. I will be speaking on the Holy of Holies. This place was the last piece in the tabernacle. This was Israel's special relationship with God. This was to represent what we would have to spiritually what we would have to spiritually after the cross. There was a veil that separated the rest of the tabernacle from the Holy of Holies. This was the holy place. Only the high priest was allowed to pass through the veil on the day and only on the day of atonement. The high priest was in charge of the temple worship. He was to serve for life and would die as the high priest. This person was the only person allowed to enter in. He was totally dedicated to enter into God's presence. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. This opened the Holy Ghost for everyone to receive it. If this never happened, we would still have no access to the Holy of Holies. But we can all be a high priest having access to the Holy Ghost. With the veil being torn and the Holy of Holies being open, we all now have hope. We can have a relationship with God. By this in, by this in Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized for every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And 39 says, And this promise is unto you and to all who are far off, and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. New life is our tabernacle, and you can receive the Holy Ghost today and every day. Amen. Go ahead. That's good. Sister Leilani talked to us about the gate in the outer court, and she compared it to coming to New Life Fellowship, that this is our outer court, the parking lot, and to leave your cares and your troubles out on Wabash and Chamberlain. How good is that? Amen. What a good word. And to be intentional. Amen. And then Sister Leilani likes to talk, so I struggled a little bit to pay attention some of the times the rest of them were speaking, but Brother Kochvar talked to us about the brazen altar where we come and we offer our sacrifice and we can come today into this house and we can bring a sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. 
Sister Vinzant spoke about the brazen laver and the showbread, where we need to come and we need to wash. Amen. And then we get filled with the bread, with the word. So good. Sophia Harris, holy smoke, came and talked to us about the candlestick and how that each and every one of us can be a light in this world. Amen. And, and when there's only one light shining, it's not very bright. In darkness, it's still bright. But if we all would turn our light on, amen. That was awesome. So good. Ryan Grassick, the golden altar of incense. Such a good word. I struggled. I'm sorry. I can't remember all of it. And then the Holy of Holies. And I love this, how that now we can go into the Holy of Holies. No longer is there a veil. No longer is there rooms that divide us from him. Amen. But we can come and we can have the tabernacle. You can have it in your own home. You can have it here at our church. You can have it at your dining room table with a friend, with a relative. Amen. If you look at the, the outline, how the tabernacle is laid out, the, the altar of incense, and then the, the golden, I'm sorry, the uh, brazen laver and the shoe bread and the golden candlestick and the holy of holies, it resembles a cross. You walk in past the altar, there's the, the shoe bread and the, the laver and the golden candlestick and then the holy of holies. And Jesus came and he became the tabernacle for us. He took the place of the blood offering for us. Amen. He made a way for us and now we can go and we can go straight to him. We can talk straight to him. What great word. Are you ready? Okay. Amen. God is good.